and welcome to All Day Tea Party. I'm your host, Sonobi Goodman, and here we're going to figure life out together, ask the big questions, learn more about ourselves, and remember not to take ourselves too seriously in the process. Okay, so we're back at episode 12. Welcome back. I'm happy to be here. A um, little housekeeping YouTube video for episode 11 is up. I think I'm like almost ready to commit to a day. So maybe potentially I'm going to try. Expect the YouTube video for the episode to come out the following Monday. So episode gets recorded Wednesday, the following Monday, YouTube will come out Wednesday, new episodes. I'm thinking like a Monday, Wednesday moment, like that should be enough time. So I'm potentially committing. Don't hold me to it. We're going to try it out for a couple weeks, see how I feel the usual. I've also like kind of gotten the hang of like editing the videos and making short little clips. So I've like, I've got it going on. Like I, I know what I'm doing now. Anyways. Um, so yeah, that's so YouTube video episode 11 is up. Go check that out if you'd like. There are also like fun little clips on the TikTok. I try to post fun little clips there as well as on the Instagram. So the real both handles are at adtp.pod. All right, so weekly updates. What's going on in Zenobia's world? Um, I'm going home, so I'm going to go see my mom and have a cute little weekend home. I'm not going to be home for that long, but just like fun little time. Go cut up in the nation's capital, the usual. I'm going to be back on my grad school app grind, so we're going to just be getting those in and figuring that out. So very exciting times. I've been trying really hard to like stay organized and like keep my planner in check, like got sticky notes everywhere, like that's the vibe. But honestly, that makes me feel good and I enjoy that type of stuff. So 10 out of 10 content. <laughs> Next, I'm going to be continuing to work on like my personal content, like on my personal account. So Instagram's like always a little hard, but definitely my TikTok stuff. If you want to follow me, my TikTok is Zenobia.Goodman if any of you guys interested. Um, but yeah, so just continue to work on my personal content, podcast content. And I have a couple posts for my food stuff that I just need to do. Um, for those of you who did not know, I have a food stuff slash food Instagram. It's Zenobia Good Food. And I just like review restaurants and stuff like that. And it's been a minute since I've reviewed one because I feel like I just haven't had any food that was review worthy. But I've got a couple like reviews like in the background that I need to do. So that's what I'm going to be working on this week. Okay, so we have two pop culture updates. We're going to start off with the one that's like kind of sad. So if you guys remember from episode 10, I believe, where I did like my pop, where's that 11? Wait, was it nine or 10? No, it was nine or 10. Anyways, from that episode where I talked about like all my pop culture predictions, like my pop culture opinions, I predicted that the Ravens would win the Super Bowl. So I heard through the grapevine that the Ravens lost against the Chiefs last weekend. So Snowby was wrong, but I was almost right. I made it really, I made it like super, super close. But I will say from the people I know, and I've heard through the grapevine that watch football, I know that there was something, something with the ref and like basically from my understanding of like what was relayed to me, this ref that they chose for this game tends to favor away teams versus the home teams, like statistics or whatever, whatever. That's what I was told by my sources. Um, so maybe there was like a little something up there, but who knows? Regardless, Zenobia was wrong. So we're still holding out for all the other predictions. And according to my football correspondence, the Ravens probably should have won this game. But anyways, next up, 
And because I love all things reality TV and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just ended. So I'm like, I'm needing my reality TV fix. So we not only have The Bachelor, we have Vanderpump Rules. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. Um, For those of you who don't watch Vanderpump Rules, basically the real housewife of Beverly Hills, not Lisa Barlow. Oh, my gosh. Lisa Vanderpump um, has this restaurant in L.A. called Sir. It's like all the people that work for her. They're all a hot ass mess. It's great. Whatever. Super entertaining. Um, A couple that was on there, they were like together for like 10 years, like life partners, whatever, whatever. Um, the guy, Tom Sandoval, was having an affair with another cast member and also his life partner's, like, friend. So that's Scandoval. It's literally a hot mess. If you remember, like, in an episode, I want to say this is episode five, I talked about my Roman empires, and this was one of them. But this is the first season post-Scandoval. So we're going to see, like, how everything, how everybody's interacting. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, first episode comes out tonight. So literally after I'm done recording this, I'm going to grab my dinner and watch Vanderpump Rules. So So we kind of just like sped right through like weekly updates and pop culture stuff because um, this episode is going to be a little bit longer because we have like a lot of content to cover. So we're just going to get right to it. Um, So this episode is about The Bachelor. So yeah, so I'm going to talk about like my relationship with The Bachelor real fast. And basically, as you know, I'm obsessed with reality TV and I don't mind my own business. So of course I watch The Bachelor. Um... For a long time, I, like, loosely watched The Bachelor, but then from, like, Pete's season onward, I was, like, locked in. I did watch Charity season, but I did not watch that one guy, the one who was on Rachel and Gabby's season, Zach. I did not watch his season because I felt like he was a little bland, given that I don't even remember his name. Anyways, um couple seasons that like are notable in my head um Matt season and honestly not really for Matt like he's fine whatever but I just like fell in love with the contestants like I love all of them they're all like social media influencers now and I'm like yeah slay like Serena is married to grocery store Joe and I think they're so cute together like everybody just seems to be doing their own thing and like having a great time and like they did the jump from like bat being a bachelor contestant to like being a successful like content creator slash influencer and I think that's honestly so impressive so 10 out of 10 um and I also loved the guys from Katie's season um again loved all of them before I started working at my current job they had like a Red Sox game outing like I started working in July and then I think this game outing was in May or something like that and one of the girls that I used to work with she like has a new job now she like showed me a picture and was like oh yeah when we were at this Red Sox game we met Greg Andrew and Mike from Katie season like they were just there hanging out and I was like are you joking like I missed that so I missed the one decent thing this job would have brought me meeting Greg Grippo um I had like the weirdest little crush on him during Katie season (laughs) So on my 21st birthday, um, my friends and my roommates at the time made me this like sign. I had like a bunch of stuff that like I was supposed to do. And one of them was to like message your celebrity crush on Instagram. And at the time, mine was Greg Grippo. <laughs> and I messaged him. He did not reply. I like, honestly, I was so out of my mind that day. Like, I think I said something to the effect of like, oh my gosh, love you on Katie's season or something like that. And like, obviously he didn't reply. Um, I don't even think, I think at the time the season was airing. Um, But yeah, I also just love the guys from Katie's season. Like 10 out of 10 content. 
Okay, so that's my relationship with The Bachelor. Um, as you guys know, there's The Bachelorette, there's Bachelor in Paradise. Is there anything else? I can't. Oh, there's Golden Bachelor now, but we're specifically going to be talking about The Bachelor this time. It's a huge franchise, like so much history. Like, I honestly, I don't have the bandwidth to cover that right now. Maybe we'll do another episode on The Bachelorette, but yeah, we're simply going to be talking about The Bachelor tonight. So let me break down how this episode is going to go for you guys. So first, we're going to do a little history lesson, little backstory. It's going to be giving school. It's going to be giving academia. So And then we're going to do a little FAQ. So like frequently asked questions or like questions I wanted to know when I was like doing my research on this episode. BT Dubs, I'm going to link all of the articles and stuff like that in the show notes. You guys are able to like read any longer form articles if you'd like. So after Q&A, I'm going to talk about like the producers and just kind of that in general. Then we're going to talk about pros and cons of The Bachelor, specifically cons, like kind of pointing out some things that I'm always like "Mm, side eye to. And then we're going to get into season 28 and my opinions on episodes one and episodes and episodes two. So if you are not caught up, I'll put the timestamps in the show notes so you're able to like skip around if you don't want to hear that. And then we're going to do some ending stats. And then we're going to conclude and we're going to wrap this up. All right. So the first bachelor, his name is Alex McKell. He is from Charlottesville, Virginia. He was he went to Stanford. I think he like did investment banking or something like that. So he was the first bachelor. And now, according to Us Weekly, he lives in D.C. and he's married with kids. So he is like the start of this franchise. Obviously, the franchise has come a really, really long way because we are now on season 28 and it is 2024. So obviously, somebody was doing something right and people enjoy it. Um, So basically, what is The Bachelor? So it's this man and he dates a bunch of different women. There's like 30 of them. And then every week they have like rose ceremonies. So you get a rose or you go home. And so during each episode, they have group dates or solo dates. And you're kind of picked to do that stuff. You kind of get to watch him date a bunch of other people. And then the women he's dating get to watch him date other women too, which me personally, I would lose my marbles. But like, you know what? Great. But let's talk about the creator of The Bachelor, because in my head, I was like, okay, who started this mess? Like, this sounds messy as hell. His name is Mike Fleece. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He ended up leaving racism allegations, which is not a slay. Um, For those of you who remember Chris Harrison, he left The Bachelor after 19 years, also because of race-related allegations and comments. Um, He was the host literally for 19 years. And now, I don't know his last name, but it's Jesse. He was an NFL player, I want to say. Like, he played for the NFL. I think I might be wrong, but I didn't really do much research on like them because they're not really relevant. But anyways, so that is kind of how The Bachelor started. I'm going to do a little recap. Aired in 2002 for the first time, first season. Um, Alex McKell, he is now living his life in D.C. and he has kiddos and he's married. And it, the show was created by Mike Fleece. And I don't know what Mr. Mike is up to. And I also don't know what Chris Harrison is up to either. Um, Hope you're doing well. XOXO. Okay, so now we're going to get into a little bit of Q&A because when I first decided to do this episode, I was like, all right, I got a lot of questions. And I feel like as I've watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette over the years, I'm kind of like, huh, like I wonder about that. So I did some research. 
So the first question that I had was, do you know who The Bachelor is before you apply, like when you go to apply? The answer is no. You actually find out a few weeks before filming who it is. So I think that's very interesting. I also think a big reason you don't find out until later is because, um, and this is like kind of how all the franchises are connected, usually The Bachelor is somebody who was on the bachelorette from the season prior but like obviously is not engaged so I feel like there's some logistic reasons why you don't find out until then but then I was like what are the requirements like what do you have to do to apply so I'm going to read you guys um the eligibility requirements and you can apply for the bachelor and bachelorette right now and you can also apply for golden bachelor and you can nominate people as well so there's that Okay, so back to the eligibility requirements. Let me read this to you. So you have to be at least 21, which makes sense because they're pumping you with alcohol all the time. And then you have to be a resident of the U.S. or Canada, not including Quebec. You cannot be a candidate like selected to be like for political office. You have to have a passport. You have to be single. Duh. So like don't be involved with anybody. Um, You can't have convicted a felony or have a restraining order against you. Uh, The next one I think is like a conflict of interest thing, but basically you and your family or anybody, your employer, your family or anything like that can't be working for Warner Media, Next Entertainment and a bunch of like other broadcasting productions like ABC and stuff like that, which makes sense. Um, And then there's additional requirements if you are accepted, but basically the gist is like you basically have to sign up to potentially be filmed 24-7. Like you're basically agreeing to that. And there's a background check and all that other stuff. So that's those are the eligibility requirements and stuff like that for The Bachelor. My next question, and honestly, a lot of those make sense. Like, yeah, you have to be at least 21. Like, you have to be single. Like, whatever, whatever. Like, there's a background check. Totally makes sense. So my next question was who pays for everything? So... As a contestant, you pay for like all your clothes and you're basically responsible for you during this time, which makes sense. They're not styling you, whatever. I was wondering who like if the bachelor slash bachelorettes, if they get paid and there's a standard rate of 100K for them, which that's a lot. But contestants do not get paid, obviously, like because why would you be there if you feel like that would add some like conflicts if you got paid? So, yeah, that is kind of how the money things goes. I am under the impression, like I said, the bachelor gets paid for stuff and he is getting the treatment, the like, you know, world star treatment, but the contestants are not. Next, and this was something I was actually really, really interested in, is what the conditions are like. So I read this whole Cosmo article on it and I was wondering like, who can you talk to? You basically cannot talk to anyone. You cannot talk to your family, friends, no phone, like no TV, like no press, obviously. Like the only book is the Bible in the house. You're basically isolated in this villa all day. And the only people around you are also other contestants. That also brought me to wondering, what's the food and drink sitch here? Another Cosmo article. Um, Contestants cook their own food like in the mansion, but they are given like a fully stocked like pantry and stuff like that. When it comes to like food challenges or if there's anything like that, they are required to eat whatever it is. 
Um, and this one was like kind of funny. Like it made me giggle. But every time they have like a fancy dinner, they're actually not allowed to eat it. And like it's just sitting there. They actually like some like somebody actually brings them stuff like to their rooms before dinner. So they're like they aren't supposed to eat that. And I'm pretty sure that like there are obviously people that go out and like shop for them and they're allowed to give them lists. I honestly feel like if I was in this situation, I would just cook like extravagant meals because what the hell else am I supposed to do? Like I can't talk to anybody. All I have is these like random girls who are dating the same guy as me. Like might as well cook. You know what I mean? And then so another thing I've always been curious about curious about is the alcohol rules because obviously I think a large part of reality TV in general whether that be the housewives love is blind the bachelor anything like that a large part of the drama and a large part of like you know the stuff we get as an audience is like a shock factor is the fact that they're drinking like I think that a lot of this especially like when I think back to shows like Jersey Shore like a lot of the context a lot of the content we're getting is because they were all drunk off their asses. Like, you know what I mean? So I looked up the rules. So there is a two drink minimum for, sorry, there is a two drink per hour maximum, but former contestant and bachelor Robbie Hayes said, I'm going to read this for you. If it was two drinks an hour, we'd grab one at 3.50 and one at 3.55. And then it was a new hour at four, we'd grab one at 4.05 and one at one at four, sorry, and one at 4.05, then you would have four drinks in 15 minutes, which honestly is kind of smart. So yes, there is a two drink maximum. But like, again, there are rules to get around this and you can get four drinks in 15 minutes if you would like. Like I said before, I think a large part of like the content and like the like shock and everything we get from reality TV is as a result of them being intoxicated. So yeah. So now we're going to get into the producers. So obviously, as producers of any reality TV show, like it is your job to keep us entertained and to make shit up. I read multiple articles where like former contestants were like calling the producers out on the way things were edited and manipulated. I honestly feel as if like that is genuinely a complaint from every single reality TV show because the idea is not to make you look good and fun or like, you know, producers pick who they want to be the villain and pick who they want the public to like. Like at the end of the day, I feel like that is what you are signing up for when you are signing up to be on a reality TV show. So it does not surprise me that just like with everything else, the producers are doing some cheeky little manipulation. So now I'm going to get into some critiques of The Bachelor because as much as I love it and I love the drama, and I love the franchise, I think it's important to think critically about the media that you consume no matter what it is. So let's get into it. Number one, obviously diversity. Like, <laughs> duh. Um, so Rachel Lindsay, the first like black bachelorette, obviously has called this out multiple times. Like, you know, in recent years, like there has been like, you know, greater amounts of diversity. Like we had another back black bachelorette named Charity the last season of The Bachelorette. Like there was Michelle. So obviously like there has been more of a push for diversity, but ultimately like at the end of the day, it is still majority white women and not even just diversity when it comes to race, but diversity and like beauty standards and size and just like there's not a whole lot of that. Like at the end of the day, most of these women are conventionally attractive, like not exactly skinny, but I don't think there's anybody over a size eight or I would argue a size six 
in the mix. So, but so I think like that's a big critique I have. Another critique I have is like the conditions in which they are in. Like, again, obviously, this is a reality TV show that thrives off of isolating you and you know, basically getting you to think that you are in love with this person, question mark. And I think it's very odd. Like the conditions do seem a little extreme. Like obviously, like you can't talk to anybody in the outside world, nothing like that. Like, you know, you're getting, you're, you know, being pummeled with drinks all the time. Like, you know, that's the vibe. But again, I think that is a big part of how this show works because the way I think about it, if I had known a guy for like two days and let's say I got one phone call a day and was like able to call like one of my friends and be like, oh my God, I'm so in love with him. My friend, whoever whoever it was, would talk some sense into me and be like, no, you're not. But it's like when you completely isolate people and it's like this weird like competition, all you're around is people who's like, center of the universe is also this person, this bachelor. It's really easy to think you're in love with this person. The way that like the bachelor set up is very, it's psychological and it's very interesting like how it's set up. Um, Sometimes do I think these conditions may be a little extreme and like, I'm like, ooh, like that's interesting for the contestants. Yes. But at the end of the day, like the show would not be the way it is. And I don't think we would get the drama or the reactions we did if it wasn't like this. Okay. So now that we're done with that history lesson, if you will, we're going to talk about season 28 of The Bachelor. This bachelor, his name is Joey Grazetti. Grazetti. I don't, I'm, I think I'm pronouncing this wrong, but he's Italian. We're going to call him Joey G um, because I'm bad at pronouncing his last name. And he, from what we know, he He's a Gemini. He's 5'11". I Googled it. Um, He is a Gemini, but he's like a cancer cusp. So I'm like, interesting. I do want to know the rest of his Zodiac chart um, just because I'm nosy and I'm the way that I am. Um, He's 5'11". We love a man that doesn't claim he's six feet. Um, um, He's from Philly. He has an older sister and a younger sister. Um, He does not appear to be a mama's boy, but I don't know. An Italian man from Philly that's close to his mom. It just doesn't seem like something that I would personally venture towards. I, I choose peace and the potential of a monster and last scares me. So I, I choose peace. Yeah, but he's super cute, little cutie and a half. He seems really nice, just seems very like, he seems like a good bachelor. I liked him on charity season. Excited to see where the season goes. As From what I'm seeing from the previews, this looks like it's going to be quite messy. And you know what? I am here for it. I'm always here for it. So, so far, two episodes have come out episode one and episode two. So I'm going to talk about some of my notes from episode one. Um, Number one, all of the women, Gorgina, absolutely gorgeous. They are so groundbreaking. They all seem like very smart, very fun. Like that's kind of their vibe. They are pretty young. Like there are quite a few 23-year-olds and 24-year-olds. I am 23. And I'm like, damn. And they're all like, we're ready to get married. And I'm like, oh, like that's what we're doing these days. Like let me catch up because – Wow. Um, But yeah, they're like all ready to get married and be locked in. They're like, this man is potentially my soulmate. And I'm like, that's so real. I understand the conditions you're in. So it makes perfect sense why you think that. So for those of you that have watched the sisters, um, Lauren and Allison, I personally think it's a little odd to come on a show and date the same guy as your sister. But I don't have a sister. So I I don't know what that's like. Um, It felt like there was a weird little like sister competition going on there. And I was like, this is odd. I feel like I'm in the middle of family beef I shouldn't be in. But that's okay. 
okay, that's totally fine. I found them both like very funny. Like at the end of the day, I thought it was like a little funny that what they were doing. So whatever, they seem nice. Um, there were like a lot of puns and like usually like the entrances are really good, but um, I specifically remember the boat and then the one with like the chemist. Like I thought those were fun. Thought those were really great. Overall, you know, everybody's meeting him. I would just like to point out that uh, Homeboy was making out with everybody that night, <laughs> like, which is such a sleigh. But I was like, is it even special to make out with you anymore? Everybody's done it. Like what? Speaking of making out with Joey G, um, Jess, kiss number one of the night. She basically, for those of you who watch, obviously she comes back in and she's like, oh my gosh, like we just had our first kiss. And not to be a bitch, but I thought it was a little tacky. Like at the end of the day, like, yes, be excited. But it's also like we're all dating the same man. I don't want to hear that you got the first kiss for a guy that I haven't even gotten a chance to talk to. Like, I think that's a little tacky to come in and like announce your kiss, which is like total slave for you. Like you go, girl. But I felt that it was a little tacky. And I think Miss Taylor agreed with me, too. <laughs> so we're going to get into Taylor. One thing I did see like all over the Internet and like I did a little eye roll, but I did see like apparently somebody had commented and was like, she bullied my friend in high school. Speaking of Taylor, I have my thoughts on that. And I think that like, I don't know, her and I are the same age. I'm 23. I was a totally different person in high school. I don't know what this person is talking about or even if this was true. But obviously, just like everything else on the Internet, there's a little rumor that was spread and people were like jumping down her throat. And I did see at some point she did turn off her Instagram comments because people were being really nasty to her. And I just don't think that's necessary. And then I just I felt kind of felt bad for her because it's like one comment and everybody's talking about like how you're a mean girl and how you're this, that and the third. And it's like, number one, we have not confirmed this is true. And number two, like, I feel like this always happens on The Bachelor. It's like, you know, a girl comes on and then somebody's like, you did blah, 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 blah to me. And it's like, it's so easy for like the internet to turn on people and like be nasty. And I'm just like, we don't even know this girl. Like maybe she did bully her in high school and that sucks. But at the end of the day, like she is 23. That's not minimizing what happened. If it did happen when she was in high school, I just feel as if like, how the internet kind of attacked her to the point where she felt as if she had to turn off her Instagram comments and people coming at her being like, she's a mean girl. She's this, that, and the third. I think that's unnecessary. And I think people need to go outside and touch grass sometimes. But before I found that in my research, before I found that, I honestly didn't think she was giving mean girls vibe. But back to our point, her and Miss Jess. So in episode one, Taylor and the batch, Mr. Joey G, were having a little chat and Jess comes over. This is after Jess gets the first kiss, mind you. She comes over and she's like, can I steal him for a minute? And Taylor's like, can I have a second? And I just felt like, again, in poor taste. I didn't really like that. And I thought Taylor was rightfully annoyed with her. But like, Jess, she seems fine. I don't know. There's, you know, that whole like Southern charm thing is not working on me currently. I don't know. After the first, I'm obviously going to watch the rest of the season, but after the whole, like, I kissed him, it's just like, I don't know. There's something 
we'll see. We will see. That's what I'm going to say. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say about that. Next up, we had Evelyn, who, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I did do a little misjudging, but when she was like, I didn't even get a chance to talk to him, and she's like sobbing, I was like, girl, what are they doing to you? Like, you don't even know this man. And then in the next clip, everybody's like, oh, it's been a long night, and you can literally see the sun coming up. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like y'all had these girls in this, these conditions, like literally the rose ceremony went through the whole night, like into the morning. And I was like, I would, I feel like I would reach a breaking point too. And I'd be really upset. And also like all that time. And I didn't get to talk to him anyways. Like I would be upset. And also again, like kind of going back to what I was saying about like the conditions they have them in, like the sleep deprivation must have been insane. I would have lost my mind. Like I do not operate well when I'm hungry or tired. And imagine being like that exhausted. Like, no, absolutely not. And then my final note on episode one is that I thought Daisy was really sweet. She seems like a sweetie and a half. She really does. And I'm excited to see her this season. I also really like Kelsey A, I believe. Let me confirm. Pause. Sorry, no, Kelsey T. I don't mind Kelsey A, but I was specifically referencing Kelsey T. I like her. So that was episode one. Um, Pretty decent first episode. All right, moving into episode two, which is the episode that came out on Monday. Um, Again, I'm going to put like when I'm talking about what in the timestamp. So if you guys want to skip around or you don't want any spoilers, you can do as such. Episode two. So they had their little like wedding ceremony thing. I always find this very weird when they do it on The Bachelor. I'm sorry. I always find it very odd. Like all these women in wedding dresses and you guys have like a fake wedding and take photos. I don't know. I find it like really freaking weird. Every single season they do it. I'm sorry. That might be a hot take. But I thought it was just a little odd. I really liked Rachel and like her and him kind of got a chance to like connect. But again, like we're all dating the same guy. So if I'm watching you make out with a guy I'm dating on the dance floor in a wedding dress, I think like I would commit a capital crime like that. Just oh my gosh. Like I don't I don't think I can handle it. Like, truly, The Bachelor is not for the weak. Like, and I am weak. I am not one of the Lord's strongest soldiers. No, I'm not on that list anymore. Like, I couldn't handle it. Um. So also, but overall, like, I think it was fun. Like, it was a fun episode. Um. Daisy did get the solo date. Thought that was really great. Um. I was, and also this was another thing I was wondering. I was like, where did those people that were in the wedding come from? Like, who are those people? And then I realized it was like a whole country music festival that they were at. And I was like, okay. And then Michael Bolton at the wedding, I literally cackled. Like, how did they get Michael Bolton to agree to that shit? (laughs) Now let's talk about Maria. I like her. I feel like she's a lot of fun. She seems very straightforward. She just seems like exciting, like vibrant. It's giving life of the party. Like I love her energy. And um, she like definitely keeps him on her keeps him on his toes. But like, again, like she just seems like a light. Like I actually really do enjoy her. Um, My favorite thing was the outfit change. Like, girl, we all knew what you were doing. So for those of you who haven't watched, um, she was like in this dress from like the group. Was it a dinner or like a a cocktail party? That's what it was. She was in like this dress. And then she, you know, she has a one on one with him. And she's like, give me a second. I'm going to go get into something more comfortable. Homegirl comes out in this like cute little bra top in this skirt and like she looked good like don't get me wrong but I was like girl 
<laughs> I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. I know exactly what you're doing. And I thought it was funny. Like, she looked good. Um, so the Maria drama. So the drama that came out of this episode. And honestly, I thought they were pulling at like grasping for straws with this. I was annoyed. I was like, get the shit off my screen. Like this isn't real drama. So one of the contestants, Medina, I think she is a mental health therapist. Um, gorgeous, groundbreaking, super fun. Again, like I feel this way about like most of the girls this season. I'm like, everybody seems super fun, really pretty, exciting. Um, so she's 31, making her the oldest contestant by a year. I think there's somebody 30 and then there's somebody 29. Like, you know, she just probably is the oldest by like six months or something. Like genuinely, like she's not old, but like she's gorgeous. Like she doesn't look like older or anything like that. But I definitely understand like I mean, I'm currently 23, but like I definitely understand the whole like going from your 20s to your 30s. And I can understand like how somebody could feel insecure about that. And she's basically talking about how she feels insecure. And like, you know, I think he's 28, I believe. And she was like, you know, I don't even get a chance to talk to him. And like, I don't know if like he'll that'll that like he'll be into. Obviously, she's just being very vulnerable and expressing her insecurities is basically what happens. Um, Maria was basically talking and was like, I would embrace that. Like, she's gorgeous. She's this. Like, she's not old. Like, that's nothing to be insecure about. Like, basically that. Her little, Medina's little friend, Sydney, is like, I heard Maria talking shit about you and I need to tell Joey about this. Okay. And walk with me, guys. I, every single season, there's a girl and is like, this person's starting drama in the house. This girl is a bully. I need to tell The Bachelor about her. Like, what? Like, every single season. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, maybe this is me as a viewer, but, like, it rarely ever reflects well on them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every time I see it, I'm like, are you just, like, reporting back to, like, like, every time I see somebody do it, I'm not like, oh, you really have this person's best interest at heart. I'm like, no, you're reporting back to The Bachelor and trying to be like, see, I'm a good person. I don't stand for bullying. Like, shut up. You know what I mean? And I feel like this was a similar vibe. And she was like, I have to tell him. And I was like, before even like confirming with Maria, like what she was saying, and obviously Maria didn't mean any, at least I didn't pick up that Maria like had malintentions when she did, when she did or said what she said. But it was just like this rush to be that person that like tells him and every single season like this happens and it's quite annoying and ultimately Maria was like sorry like you know this doesn't need to be drama but like it didn't need to be drama like they were grasping at straws as they usually do when it comes to the drama on the show and I'm like we're on episode two like we got a whole season of mess like just wait for it and then next up so ultimately one of the sisters didn't did end up leaving. I think she was like struggling a lot, especially because their dad had just passed. And that was really sad. But, um, you know, she got a cake and it was not red velvet. So she threw the cake in question. And I was like, ew. Like people that litter, I'm kind of like, ew. There's been like multiple, this is a total tangent, but there's been multiple times when I've been like walking with people. And like this was specifically like in college where like, you know, you're carrying your little drink to like something. And like I've had people like throw cans on the ground. I've and I've been like, pick that up. Like, what is wrong with you? Were you raised by wolves? Like, I'm very anti-littering. And I just saw that and was like, somebody else is going to have to pick that up. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, that's not cute. It's not doing what you thought it was going to do. So, yeah, she ended up leaving. One sister is left. So by the end of episode two, I had completely fallen in love with Edwina. 
I love her so much. She is so gorgeous. And I just like love when like the girls are very honest and vulnerable. One thing that I do have to say about Joey G is I feel like he he's a very good listener. It looks like like, he you know, every time like somebody says something, he's like very attentive. Another thing that I find very funny about him is the man cannot hide his facial expressions. And I think it's hilarious. Like he, you can see everything that he feels on his face. And I'm literally the same way. Like I cannot hide my facial expressions to save my life. So it's nice. It's it's a, it's nice to see somebody like that on reality TV. <laughs> like just cannot hide their facial expressions. But he seems to be a very good listener. Like every time that, um, you know, one of the girls is opening up, he was like very attentive. If anybody started crying, he was like very attentive. However, I do feel like I'm not getting like open up vibes from him yet. And maybe it's like the Gemini in him, like it's taking him a minute. Um, but that's okay. Like, you know, but I really appreciated when Edwina like opened up and I just, I loved her. So, my favorites at the end of this episode for people that were still there are Rachel. Really nice. Like just seems like such a light. I like her a lot. So we have Rachel, Edwina, and still Daisy. She's still one of my favorites. Um, I appreciate her a lot. Everybody, 10 out of 10. So those are my episode one and two opinions so far. As of January 30th, I'm just telling you guys that just in case information comes out that changes my opinions. But um Overall, I think this is going to be a decent season. Like I tuned out obviously for the last season of The Bachelor, but I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, so I'm going to finish out this like Bachelor section of the podcast with some ending stats. So five couples that met on their season of The Bachelor are still together. And I'm not counting couples that like got together after. So for example, like Serena and like grocery store Joe where like Greg and Victoria are not counted in this tally. But five couples are still like married and together, which means that there is a 19% success rate for the entire franchise. Okay, so that was the end of the Bachelor section of this episode. Instead of doing an I'm rattled because I have been at peace lately, which shit, I'll take it. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about the books I've been reading. Okay, pro tip you can get some audiobooks for free with Spotify Premium. And that's honestly the best news I've ever gotten. I am such a podcast girly that an audiobook really like levels up like everything. Like I'm so into it. I'm obsessed with it. So there's a little pro tip. Definitely recommend to everybody. But the first audiobook that I read or listened to on Spotify was Bad Mormon by Heather Gay. Um, for those of you who don't know, who Heather Gay is. She's one of the real housewives of Salt Lake City. She's awesome. She's businesswoman, mom, entrepreneur, like icon, like love her. Um, so I really loved Bad Mormon. I do enjoy Heather on the show as well, but I really did like Bad Mormon. I think that Heather Gay has an amazing podcast voice. Like I could listen to her talk all day as well as like, I think since the book was so personal to her, it's like, she's the one reading it. Obviously I felt as if you could like feel her emotion, the entire book. And I literally felt like at times, like I was like sitting across from her, like, and we were getting a cup of coffee and I felt like, you know, like there were times in the book where I'm just like nodding and I'm like, yep, got it. Like I felt as if like we were having a conversation. I think that she did a really great job explaining Mormonism, especially as somebody who like is not Mormon and somebody who like doesn't really know a lot about the church outside of like the documentaries on Netflix that they have. Um, so I don't know. I felt like she made it very accessible and just 
And it was very clear, like she just wanted to understand and explain like her life. And I feel like I got to learn a lot about her. And I really did enjoy it. Like it was a very good book. I definitely recommend. Like I said, I enjoyed listening it to it as an audiobook. So I kind of felt like I was right there with her. But overall, really, really good. Like definitely recommend. Love Bad Mormon. I give it five stars. The next book I read, and I literally finished this yesterday, um, it's called The Maidens by Alec McAldes. But if you guys have read The Silent Patient, it's the same author as that. And you know what I've noticed about like his book specifically is like the first like I want to say 200 pages are pretty slow, but like it's slow, but you're like, okay, I can see it building and I know I need to be paying attention slow. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to like you have to pay attention to like all the little details like for sure and then like the last 100 pages you're just like go 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 and then you end and you're like whoa like that is kind of how both books went and you know if you've listened to the silent patient it was like that and same with this book as well um it was so funny. I was like reading it on the train. So I was heading to my friends and it was like a really long train ride. Um, so I'm just kind of like I was sat, I parked and I was like reading my book. And for some reason, the train like became an express train while I was on it like on the green line. And I was like, this is New York City behavior. I didn't even know Boston was capable of this. But apparently sometimes trains go express in Boston but I'm like reading it and then all of a sudden and like I get to like a good part like I have about like 50 something pages left to this book and I'm like <gasps> and I get to like a super good part and then I just hear the conductor go last stop and I'm like oh my god like I was so rattled but <laughs> it was really really good like it was a good book I like stayed up and like finished it last night and then after I was done I was like all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been reading. I just started. I was kind of reading it a little bit, but I've now like committed fully to reading The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. Obviously, really sad book, but I feel as if like she personifies grief very well. Like she describes grief in a way that's like, yes, like, that's exactly what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it's a really good book so far. It is very sad. Um, but I like it so far. I'm like, not super far into it, but I do plan on continuing to read it. And yeah, I've been like heavily in my reading era. And now that I've got audiobooks, like, you can't tell me nothing. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna be on an airplane tomorrow. So I'm probably just gonna like read while I do that. That's been like my favorite thing to do. Like I love reading on the train if it's like a long train ride or on the plane. Like those are trains and planes. I love to read on them. Those are my like two favorite places to read um, because it's just like you can kind of tune everything out and just read. And instead of like listening to music and stuff like that, I will just like read my book and my flight's like 90 minutes. So I'm going to get a good way into the book. But that's what I've been reading lately. Um, very exciting. I'm always, always, always looking for book recommendations. Or if you guys need any recommendations, I'm always looking to recommend books. So slay, slay and a half. But that's it for today's episode. I had a lot of fun. Like I did have fun like doing all the little research and like all that stuff. So yeah, I would love to hear your bachelor opinions. Like what do you think about this season? What do you think about the franchise in general? Like, you know, tell me everything. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Be on the lookout for the YouTube video of this episode the following Monday. So that puts us at February 5th. 
Ooh, it's February in two days. Hello. But yeah, so look out for that on February 5th. Um, yeah, feel free to fill out the court is in session form and the suggestion form. Like, would love to hear from you guys, like anything that you want to hear um, on the pod or if you guys have any juicy hot goss for me. Um, but yeah, that's that. Continue to spill tea all day. Ask the big questions. Learn more about yourself. And remember not to take yourself too seriously in the process. I'll see you when I see you. Bye, guys. Bye.